I wanted to quick talk about, you know, some other stuff that we've been playing just to, you know, talk about some, some games we have, uh, we've been doing that have nothing to do with the podcast. Uh, Eric, you said you've been playing a lot of Destiny 2 recently, which is topical since it's made by the same people who originally made Halo. Yeah, they just made Destiny 2 free to play, so uh, my buddy got me, or made me <laughs> play some of that with him. It's actually been pretty good. Uh, I played the first one back when it came out, probably like 2014. Um, and yeah, forever ago. Yeah, and I mean, I, I really wanted to like it a lot, <laughs> but um, for some reason it just didn't hold my interest for very long. Um, but playing the second one's been fun. I mean, it's nice that they made some of the expansion campaigns free to play. Um, so I've been kind of going through those. Still have no idea what the fuck's going on with the crafting system or like what anything means. But you know, as long as I'm shooting things and I'm and I'm in the game, it's not annoying. It's as soon as I have to find another mission, I just want to claw my eyes out. So to relate it back to two episodes ago. Eric's having fun because he's not driving a car and he's killing things. <laughs> What's this about not driving a car? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, does Destiny 2 have the same issue of Destiny 1 of kind of having intrigue rather than a story? Yeah, I mean, it does a similar thing in that it doesn't quite give me what I want, which is I want to know, like, who are these aliens? Why are there aliens? you know where do they come from what's their motivation you know what's their society look like but they kind mostly they present them as uh kind of not mindless but like motivationless factions um Mm -hmm. that for some reason breathe moon air and mars air and venus air it's like kind of silly to me in a lot of respects like for instance sometimes just a faction will pop out of nowhere um like there's like the fallen and the thrall and I don't really understand mm-hmm. what their backstories are, but sometimes you'll just find them in the same area, and they're like, "Oh my God, the fallen are here! Quick, take cover!" And you're like, "Why the? That came out of nowhere. I thought I was fighting the thrall. Why are the fallen here?" And they're like, "Oh, they must want the same thing we want." I'm like, "That's so dumb. That's like, so arbitrary. What do I don't I even want? know why I want the thing I want." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember in, in Destiny One, it was very much like they're going to take over the universe. They never said that. They never showed that, but it was kind of implied. And you're supposed to go, what? They're going to take over the universe, but I live there. <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's pretty much the motivation that they give you. Well, yeah. And you're like, okay, so I understand that. I don't know what they're called, but the Legion or the, the Martian looking people. I understand that they want to take over the universe because they're like extrasolar aliens. Hold on. What do you mean Martian-looking aliens? Describe to me what a Martian looks like. Oh, I just mean because they're like red and you encounter them on on Mars first in the first game. So I assume that they're supposed to be Martians. Fucking racist. Continue. (laughs) Just just know that Eric is judging people based on the color of their skin. Again. <laughs> Although I guess that doesn't explain why they need like breather masks when they're on Mars. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird. No, um, stereotyping cheese. <laughs> yeah, everyone's allowed to have asthma, right? Like air quality's not yeah. as good as it used to be on Mars. 
Yeah, they thinned out their atmosphere so much, judgy. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like I understand that they're kind of like these, you know, extrasolar aliens, I guess, that are coming around, you know, harvesting resources, taking over shit. You know, got it. But then there's like some of these other groups, like I don't even know what the fallen are. They kind of look humanoid. Are they fallen humans? What What's their deal? And then you got like the three human factions, which are like, you know, the AI, the human humans, and the awakened or something. They don't really give you that much information on them either. I'm sure there's probably some of it probably hidden in like the, um, I don't even know what they're called, raids, I guess, that they updated every once in a while. So maybe I would have learned more if I went through that and paid attention, but I don't know. I think it's kind of bullshit that they didn't have a central storyline around like the different kind of races, what they are and why they are. Because that would have been, like you already set us up with enough alien race for an interesting campaign. You might have set us up with too many to make one short campaign, but... Sounds like a game that's just filled with proper nouns everywhere. Pretty much. No definition. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. <laughs> the enlightened, yeah. the fallen, the chosen, the whatever. Well, right, yeah. It's like, all right. And everything I said should have a big backstory that is explained. Um, and you're right. At the end of the day, for me, it's just a bunch of proper nouns. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's so annoying when games just yeah, pull that crap it, and it's like every other word is just some other noun. You're just like, okay, like uh, I just got no context for this, no context for this. Like they have like the opening little preamble and they're just like this and then this and then this. And then this. it's just like it's so confusing. Right, just like speaking gibberish at me, you know, yeah. <laughs> spouting like like you're in the future and they're all talking about all these, you know, companies and stuff that you haven't heard of before. Like it doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> right. Well, but I mean, giving him an actual name, I think, even if it's garbly cooked nonsense, at least is a little more creative than just calling them, you know, a noun. <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, it even kind of relates to the way they do it in in the halo games where you know they they actually do have real alien names for each of the covenant uh species and i think they touch upon that in the later games after 343 got a hold of them but throughout the rest of the game it's like oh no that's a grunt that's that's a jackal like they could use their actual names of you know i can't remember what the fuck the how you pronounce the fucking grunt's name, but the Kigyar is what they call the jackals. No one's going to say that in the game. Although, but then they, they kind of give you a reason of like, well, it's not like they're talking to the humans and saying, you dirty human, call me by my proper name. Yeah, that's so true. So maybe in and this the... game it's the same deal. They're they're the fallen because they don't talk. They just come in and go, eh, and then you kill them. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> my impression most of the time is that we don't really understand what, why any of the races are there or we don't understand what their objective is um so they're just like animals that are attacking us you know they're not they don't have a a leader that's like super defined i mean obviously some of them do for like plotline stuff but it's not clear that there's like a society or like that they own planets that they live on with like civilians yeah oh maybe we'll uh maybe we'll all give destiny a shot at some point and see if there's anything worth talking about I remember Destiny 1 was fun to play, but it, it left me very unsatisfied. Once I was done shooting things, there was nothing to keep me playing. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the online play, but I guess it wasn't enough. <laughs> it wasn't enough. Yeah, for I me. always, I had always 
just been like watching from afar. Like I remember when it, when it came out, everyone was like, "Oh my god, it's the game from the Halo people," and they kind of played it for a bit. And we're just like, eh, "It's all right, actually." And like it's kind of grindy, um, lots of numbers, and, uh, and then apparently I just heard like the DLCs made it better later on. But at that point, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna buy it." Which I think I actually do have a copy of it that I bought for like two dollars at GameStop, <laughs> but I have not yeah. played it. <laughs> I mean, I played, I think, all the expansions for Destiny because I got, like, the Game of the Year edition or something. Mm. Uh, whoever said that the, the DLC adds enough to make it worth it's lying. It's just more areas to go in and shoot things without explanation. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. Uh, I guess that's the balance between making it action-y and, like, for some reason, avoiding RPG. Yeah. Oh, let's not let's not go down that <laughs> that hole. Let's, let's leave that alone. Um what about you, Kevin? Anything you've been playing outside of stuff for this shit? Um, so I was I discovered. I swear all these... to God, if you say Goose Game, no, 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 no. We already talked about Goose Game. <laughs> I haven't. I I was playing that a few weeks ago, um, but this this time um, I was on the Xbox Game Pass thing, and I noticed that there was actually a lot of games I had on my Steam wish list that were actually on this service. And I was like, oh damn, when did they? When did all this indie game crossover go on? So I just downloaded a bunch of those. And was flipping through. I played Enter the Gungeon for like an hour, so I was like, "Oh, this is this is gonna be fun." And then uh, the first level is like it's one of those roguelike games, with like permadeath. So you just have to keep grinding it, and it's a bullet hell game. So there's just freaking things flying everywhere that you have to dodge. And uh, I beat the first little mini boss, and I went to the second one, and I was like, "I'm still kind of having fun." And then I got to. Uh, the one boss there is a giant snake thing, and like it was just there were so many bullets everywhere, and I was just desperately trying to run. I had this little tiny pistol because apparently the game is all about finding all these different guns, but I literally didn't find anything, and so I had this tiny starting pistol, and I was just pecking away at it for like a solid like three five minutes, and it just killed me. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to just keep doing that, oh, because it just kicks you back to the beginning. I'm like, uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know if I can put up with that it was cool when i was playing out but i was like uh, i just the roguelike games I, I don't understand the appeal of having to reset every single time like i like at least having some checkpoints or progress for levels or something like i was playing crypt of the necker dancer and you at least unlock a next stage the stage has multiple levels in it and if you die there you go back to the beginning of the uh, the stage but at least when you unlock when you finish one you unlock the next ones you can just you know hop back and forth between them but Instead of just losing all your progress. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you on that. There's there's some that I, I'll... Like, if they let you upgrade your character and every time that you advance, you, like, mm -hmm. take experience with you. If you take experience with you, you play through, you know, up to you know, a third of the way, you die. And then you're able to upgrade your character. And, and by doing that repetitive cycling, you get further and further every time. It still can be annoying, but at least there's, yeah, it's it's kind of like the Dark Souls method of you're just gonna grind your face on this wall until you finally break through. Um, that I can deal with, and if it's a survival game where the whole point is to see how long you can make it before you die, that also makes sense. But these ones where it's like, yeah, just see how far you can get into this, and then you're gonna die, and you're just gonna try again. That that usually is a little bit too much for me. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean as long as you have lives like some way of sustaining the game you know like i don't know super mario brothers or whatever back in the day you, 
you know, you wouldn't like dying wasn't the end. It was like a a warning. <laughs> like you're getting close. Start getting stressed and have some fun. You know, maybe you yeah. can get some more lives if you don't fuck this up. You know, I like that kind type of permadeath where you have like a limited amount of lives. I really am not a big fan of the one and done kind of thing. It makes me feel like I'm, <laughs> I don't know, not necessarily wasting my time, but kind of wasting my time. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of the live system. I think, I think I'd rather them do a permadeath where your last game had some meaning. Cause then the live system is, is just a prolonged version of what Kevin's complaining about. You know, I mean, yeah, you can go find another life, hopefully, but there's still going to be a potential point where you die and you lose all progress and it was meaningless. True. I just feel like when you have lives, you have a better chance of like learning how to do the next stage instead of having to start over. And then you play through like all the stages that you already learned how to do. And then you get to the stage that's a problem and then you die again and then you got to try again. You know, I find that's probably more annoying to me than uh, when you have at least however many lives you have left to figure out the next problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so at least with that, it gives you, you know, some second chances, which I guess, in the case of Enter the Gungeon, your your second chances, you have, like, th- three hearts. But for that dying, like, taking away a heart, is you just get hit once. So you, you can get hit, like, three times, <laughs> and then you're just freaking dead. So, I, I mean, I haven't played the game enough. I basically got kicked back to the start screen, and I was like, yep, I think I'm done with this for a bit. So I don't know if you can go in and upgrade your health item. I'd hope you could. Or, you know, get some better guns to spawn or something like that. But yeah, like there's there's some roguelites that, that are good when you have clear progress, even though you're playing the same thing and you like really ace mm. it. Um, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just not feeling the stress of dodging bullets like that, just doing that over and over again. So it's good. I got to try it for free on this Game Pass thing instead of uh, actually buying it. Nice, nice. Oh, I mean, if if you end up finding out that that's a way we can, you know, get some games to play this uh, this stuff, that might be one way we can handle playing some games without having to spend a shit ton of money. Or even have, like, if there's one you think you want us to play, you can test it out first and go, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, have... Uh, Don't yeah, need to spend $10 on that. Not worth it. Yeah, and I don't know if they still have the, the deal going, but yeah, the Xbox Live had a... Uh, you could upgrade to the Game Pass for like a dollar and then you get access to everything. I don't know if they're still doing that, but yeah, we could definitely test out some games there. I was playing uh, Astroneer, I think it is, which that game was that game was a lot of fun. And I think that's that's also online, so that might be something else in the future. Yeah, well, we'll throw things around, see if there's... I mean, we're, we're running to a point where we're going to have to start putting some more games on the list, so hmm. definitely something to talk about. Um as for myself, it's I haven't really been playing anything outside of uh, stuff for the podcast. I've been trying to beat Sekiro, not even as like a I need to beat it before the podcast, more just because I'm having so much fun with it. I just want to play Sekiro. Um, All right, I'm not going to go know, into it. We cause... know you're being sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> from Software's paying me a lot of money. How do you think we got that fountain, Eric? Oh, that's true. <laughs> Stop um, your shilling and get to the game. <laughs> yes, not obviously we're going to have a review of it next time, but um, in case anyone is hesitant to play or buy it because of how difficult they've heard and they've, you know, they know it's from the makers of Dark Souls, it's not as hard. It's different. Um, 
but it's it's a lot of fun. I'm going to actually be able to beat this in maybe under 60 hours or 50 hours, unlike Dark Souls, which I can't remember how many hours I put into and I still haven't fucking beaten the game. Um, it's It's not as difficult to navigate and... I think because they simplified the combat system a lot, it's easier to get used to the flow of the combat. So you can <clears throat> beat bosses, not easily, but once you get into the groove of the game, it becomes a lot um, simpler to, to get into the, the ebb and flow of the combat. So, as I said, we'll talk about Sekiro next time. And that's, uh, that's going to do it. We will catch you guys next time. Alrighty, see you guys later. Yeah, peace.